This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Well, again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast for week 15, if you can believe it in the National Football League. We have four weeks left. We go down the stretch in this season. Obviously, a lot of teams still uh, harbor uh, playoff aspirations. A lot of teams think they can make this big four-game run and change their fate. So we'll see what happens. Uh, big games abound. The NFL, as it does late in the season every year, now moves to Saturday that the college football season is over. They have the right to move to Saturday. Three games on Saturday. So really, the rest of the way, you have wall-to-wall NFL. You have it on Thursday night. You have it on Saturday. You have it on Sunday. You have it on Monday. So you have NFL or really everywhere you turn. The Bulls, the Bulls have lost a lot of their luster because with this portal stuff and all the NIL action and players you know, changing schools like they do now and a lot of them when they do this especially in the smaller schools the schools the secondary schools that are playing in these early bowls their quarterbacks are all getting offers to go everywhere so the bottom line is none of them are playing in these bowl games so if you're if you're looking at wagering on a bowl game now you have to take into effect things that have nothing to do with football but they are enormous factors number one Okay, you got to know who's sitting out because of the draft, especially in the later games. Number two, who's entered the portal and is on their way to another school? They're not playing. Then you have guys sitting out for a variety of reasons, and then you got to get into motivations for all these places. So there are so many things you have to deal with before you even get to the game itself. Uh, it's just made it very, very tough. And in a lot of cases, very tough to watch because you're talking about guys going to bowl games and then playing quarterbacks who have never played before because their quarterbacks are gone. One's hurt, one's going in the portal. One's hurt, one's sitting out for the draft, one's going to the portal. I mean, it's just crazy uh, as, as it unfolds. So it does not make it very appealing. It really doesn't. All right, as we said, big week of games. Uh, once you get to late Sunday, you have three games to carry a Sunday, Sunday night and Monday night, all with major playoff implications. Cowboys and the bills is the highlight game of the weekend. Then you have the Ravens and the Jags in a very good game on Sunday night. Then you have the Eagles who are limping right now in to play the Seahawks as they try to make a last stand as they've been beset by injuries and may not have Smith might have to go with Locke. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. I think it'll be Smith. But I'm not sure yet, but it, it would otherwise be Locke. but big games, a lot of games with playoff implications. The Saturday games are interesting from this standpoint. 
you got three games on Saturday where everybody has a winning record. The magic number is seven and six. Five of the six teams are seven and six teams. You got the seven and six Vikings against the seven and six Bengals. The seven and six Steelers who are sliding against the seven and six Colts. The seven and six Broncos against the nine and four and uh, all of a sudden running out of gas Lions. Uh, so big games there. For the locals, the Giants off their win get the Saints. The Jets, off their win, get a Dolphin team that is not only banged up, we don't know about Hill's status. That's key to Sunday. Now, he rarely sits out, so he'll probably play. But both the Giants and the Jets, with their storylines right now, as wild as they are, both have a chance as underdogs to win their games this weekend. I don't think there's any question about it because the Saints are extremely vulnerable and the Dolphins coming off a shattering loss, 14 points up with three minutes to play, and they lose to the Titans in a devastating defeat that has opened the door for the Bills and has opened the door for the Bills to maybe win the division title. So a lot will go on there, and the Cowboys will have a big say in the AFC East because they have the Bills this week in Buffalo and then the Dolphins next week in Miami. If they win against one and lose against the other, they have clearly elevated and changed the face of the uh, division race. No question about it. All right, let's run down the games. Last night was the last nail. If you needed the last nail in the Staley coffin, we know he was gone anyway. But if he wasn't gone, you know, he, he basically tried to plead for his job after the game saying he still should be the coach. Hey, he's gone. We know that. And that's an attractive job. Maybe not as attractive as everyone thinks it is, but it's attractive from the standpoint of they have a really good quarterback who has to play better. But he has the ability. You don't have to go looking for one. But last night, a team shut out the week before, playing that 3 nothing debacle last weekend, Turn around and score 63 points last night. Now, if you watch the game, you know the Raiders came out and scored a touchdown, drove the field, scored a touchdown. Samir White scored. He was playing for Jacobs, who was out last night. Then the Chargers proceeded to turn the ball over. Turn the ball over, rate a touchdown. Turn the ball over, rate a touchdown. Turn the ball over, rate a touchdown. Next thing you know, the final score is 63 21. And it wasn't even that close. And the Chargers turned the ball over five times. The Raiders did whatever they wanted. Their quarterback had a big night with four touchdown passes. Everybody who played scored for the Raiders. Uh, I think the coach even scored, as a matter of fact. Um, 63-21. So you go from zero points one week against the Vikings to the most points the Raiders have ever scored. 63 points last night against the Chargers. That would make Al Davis happy because he hated the Chargers and their owner, Gene Klein. All right, let's start with the Saturday games. Instead of starting with the Jets and Giants, we'll start with the Saturday games. As I said, three games on Saturday, all teams with playoff implications, all teams with winning records. The record of seven and six, five of the six teams. The one that doesn't, of course, the Lions who are hosting the Broncos in the late game. Vikings and Bengals. Vikings win 3 nothing last week. 
Brian Flores is going to get a job next year. I don't think there's any question about it. He's done a good job with that defense. Um, interesting. They make a change at quarterback. They go to Mullen. Dobbs' stuff is over. He played miserably of late. Chase and Jefferson like to go at it a little bit. They like to talk about how they're the best two receivers and, you know, which one's the best and this and that. They forget that Hill probably better than either one of them uh, and more productive than either one of them. Maybe not as classic in his approach, but, you know, with the speed he has and the way he plays, probably the most lethal of the three. They are both playing. They have had underwhelming seasons for a variety of reasons, uh, injuries, missing quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera. They both lost their starting quarterbacks who can throw. Uh, and they both have not had the years they had hoped for. Uh, both will be on the field this week. Jefferson suffered a bruised chest, but he'll play. Uh, Chase has always got something. He's think it's an ankle this week, but really it's just that he hasn't gotten the ball that much and he's not happy. Two weeks ago he got it. Last week he didn't. Uh, Bengals are playing well. Browning has played very well. Very well. I would think that the Bengals would win again this week. Steelers and Colts. Steelers amazingly, amazingly lost at home. They were 7-4, and four and they were cruising to the playoffs. They lost to Arizona and New England at home. Unfathomable that they lost those two games. And they're all banged up. They have to start Trubisky at quarterback again, which is a nightmare. They are the Steelers' D has nothing down the middle. It's been exploited there dramatically. They have people hurt everywhere on defense. Colts should take advantage of that even without Taylor in the lineup. I don't think he'll play again this year with that hand uh, surgery that he had, thumb surgery. Um, I think the loser is probably out. In the, I, I think the loser is not going to the playoffs of this game. Steelers and the Colts. The team that loses that game I do not think will make the playoffs. I think uh, that's how big that game is. Broncos at seven and six. Sean Payton has done a terrific job there after the crazy start they had. The Lions are nine and four, and they are really out of gas on defense. Their defense has started to give up a ton of points. Look at the last couple of weeks. They have not played well, even when they've won. They wanted the Bears. They easily could have lost. They wanted the Saints. They easily could have lost. Otherwise, they've been beat up by the Packers on Thanksgiving. Last week, they have a terrible pass defense. They are really playing badly right now. Denver's dangerous in this game. I think Denver has lived on the turnover. They've gotten the attack going under Sean. Broncos... I think are making their own luck though. They're getting lucky, but they're making their own. Sometimes, a lot of times, as you've heard through the years, luck is the residue of design. I really believe you're seeing that with the Broncos. Um, I wouldn't be surprised the Lions win, but I wouldn't be surprised that this is a very, very close game, not, not more than a field goal game. And I would not be stunned if the Broncos won it. That's what, how, how badly the Lions have looked in recent weeks. Uh, and if the Lions lose this game, they still have two games to play with the Vikings and a game with the Cowboys. If the Lions lose this weekend, the Vikings happen to uh, beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, which I don't think they will, but if they did, 
you can put the Vikings right back in the mix for the division. They have two games with the Lions, and the Lions have to play the Cowboys. Next three weeks, Dallas plays Buffalo this Sunday, at Miami next Sunday, the Lions the Sunday after that, and then they finish up with an easy one against Washington. Moving to Sunday to Giants at 5-8 and eight with their three-game winning streak, second longest winning streak in the league right now. So the Giants, who were this moribund 2-8, and eight, are now 5-8, and eight, feeling better about themselves, living on this Tommy DeVito uh, kind of wave that is going on right now. Listen, they utilize his legs well. See, Dable is showing you again, after having a terrible run this year and really losing his way for a while, I've told you last year how good I thought Dable was, and Dable is showing you again that he really knows how to coach because he has taken what DeVito can do and is utilizing it. He ran for 71 yards last week. Critical. Absolutely critical. He didn't do much in the passing game, but he what he did do was he continued not – turning the ball over, number one, which has been the biggest thing that he's done since he's played. Number two, he had been getting sacked in an inordinate amount of time. They took away, they quickened things up. They changed things so that he could get rid of the ball more quickly. He didn't get sacked last week. That's key for him. That's key for him this week. Don't get sacked five and six times. As a matter of fact, last week didn't get sacked at all. And then he did on that last drive. When the Packers went up 22-21, missed the two-point conversion, he did on that drive go four for four for 53 yards. He took what was given to him underneath. Threw the underneath pass to Robinson. Threw the underneath pass to Barkley. Threw the underneath pass to Slayton. And then when the Packers got a little more aggressive, went to man coverage, he hit Robinson in stride and got the big 30-yard, 32-yard reception that set up the winning field goal. So he went four for four on the drive. You got to give him credit for that. He's not turning the ball over, which is critical. And the team seems to get a charge out of him. So I think the Saints, although they won last week, if you look at that Carolina game, it should have been a very close game based on how both teams moved the ball. The problem was Carolina made so many mistakes that they were unbelievably costly. They made four or five just incredible gaffes that cost them enormously in that game. Saints are not that good and they're not playing that well. Uh, Alave's out. Waller might play for the Giants. I think he will. Gives him another weapon. I wouldn't be surprised if that game is really close. I think it will be really close. Jets at 5-8 against the Dolphins. Jets got a big lift last week. They got the Texans at the right time. The Texans were young, but they were incredibly beat up. And they left even more beat up because Williams hit Stroud and he hit his head on the turf, with hit his helmet on the turf hard. He's in the... Uh, the uh, the concussion protocol, and it's very doubtful he's going to play this week against Tennessee. It's most likely he's not, and that uh, Mills will quarterback. Um, Jets, 
if they can get Zach to do, you know, not take the bad sack and turn the ball over, not throw the bad pick, not make the bad decision, keep dumping the ball to the tight end, dump the ball to Hall, which I think any team has to take away because that's a staple of theirs is to dump the ball to Hall and get him in space and let him attack from there. And then, of course, they're going to get the ball to Wilson, you know, as many times as they possibly can. That's obviously what they're always about to do. The Dolphins are banged up. They're hurting in a lot of spots. And the biggest spot is Hill. They're not the same team when Hill's out. Ishan, who is a very talented, extreme, extremely explosive, speedy player, is hurt again. He's got not only does he have a uh, rib injury, he has a toe injury. And toe injuries are very tough on fast guys. Very tough. Tough on everybody, but really tough on guys who are speedsters. Uh, so I don't know if he's playing. Hill will probably try to play. He very rarely, rarely, rarely sits out. It's like Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, that was a sprain probably keep most people out two weeks. He played. That guy wants to play. Some of these guys, no matter what the injury is, they're playing. Hill's one of those guys. He wants to play, so don't ever rule him out. But I'll tell you something. The Dolphins come off a terrible loss. You can't even underline how bad that loss was. Because it allowed the Bills back in the division. Dolphins should have been 10 and 3 versus the 7 6 Bills in terms of record. Now it's 9 4 7 6 in a game that they had a 14 point lead with three minutes to play. Terrible loss. You can't even, really, that's not even strong enough how bad that loss was. This becomes a very big game. As I told you, I think the Jets and Giants are both both live dogs. Bears are playing better. Fields, very interesting what they're going to do with him going forward. Are they going to trade him and then draft the number one quarterback? Are they going to do something else? Are they going to trade the pick, pick up some more uh, talent, and go with uh, Fields at quarterback? Their defense is also playing better. Now they go play the Browns. Browns are banked up on the offensive line. They've given the job to Flacco for the rest of the season. Um, Browns are tough at home. Their defense is tough at home. They're going to give the Bears trouble. Uh, But I think the Bears are playing better. I think this game will probably be low scoring and close. Browns at 8-5 and have Bears. At Texas, and they're all banged up. I'll get to them in a minute. The Jets at home on a Thursday night, and then the Bengals. They have a very good chance to go to the playoffs. The Bucks and Packers, both 6-7. and seven. The Packers coming off that bad loss to the Giants. It was predictable, though. Bad weather, wind, in a place where it's tough to throw the ball. Packers coming off a big win. Full of themselves. They're young. The quarterback played badly. He wasn't really ready to understand how hard it is to throw the ball sometimes in that building. And they played a lousy game. And then they gave it up in the final seconds. It was a bad loss for them. Now they get the Bucks at 6-7. and seven. Packers are banged up. We know that. Bucks are banged up on D. And they probably don't have Goodwin. 
for some reason last week, uh, maybe they did a great job on him. I didn't watch it at the game, but Evans only had one catch. That's very unusual. He's had a big year. They need to get the ball back to him. Um, you would think the Packers would bounce back here against the Bucks. They probably will, but the Bucks are hanging in there. Texans at seven and six at the Titans. Texans are not the same team right now. They're probably going to this game without Stroud, Collins, Brown, and Tank Dell. Those are, that is their passing offense. Throwing Schultz, who will probably be back this week, and that is their passing offense. That is this team that put up huge passing numbers this year. They're all out. I don't think, I don't think Stroud's playing this week. He's in the concussion protocol as of today. I don't think he's playing this week. I think Mills is going to quarterback. Uh, he'll probably, we know he's going to be without Brown and he's going to be with, I mean, going to be without Collins and he's going to be without Dell. Uh, Schultz will come back and I think he's going to be without Collins. I mean, that is a rough go for them. Titans come off the big win. They're dangerous. They're not good, but they're dangerous. In what is probably Vrabel's last season in Tennessee, there's a lot of talk that he could be the next coach in New England. Chiefs coming off two losses in a row. We know about what happened last week with the Tony uh, offsides. Mahomes exploding, okay? He's frustrated by the pass offense right now because it's not there. I've been saying it probably since week three. They have got to settle on Rice, and you're starting to see that. It has to be even more confirmed. Make Rice the premier wide receiver and make it a Rice-Kelsey offense. Pacheco's hurt. You got to live with that right now. The bottom line is you can't count on Tony. You can't count on Sky Moore. You can't count on Scantling. You can't count on those wide receivers. The Rice is the guy. Pats come off a win. This will be a tough game for them against Kansas City, and Kansas City with a win here, Kansas City is going to get all backup quarterbacks after the Pats, and the Pats don't have a real quarterback. But after that, they're going to get backup quarterbacks the rest of the way. They're going to win their last uh, three games. I think they'll win this game, win their last four games. So they will be division winners, and they'll be 12-5. and five. They'll probably not be worse than the two seed, despite their recent problems. Falcons at 6-7 and seven are in a three-way tie with the Bucks. Bucks have the little edge over the other two right now, scheduling-wise and with things going forward. Panthers just continue to lose. Find a way to lose. Even if they play better from scrimmage, they find a way to lose. Washington's back in action. Get the Rams. Rams lost a heartbreaker to the Ravens last week. They could have beat the Ravens last week. They played them toe-to-toe. Lost on an overtime punt return. Washington has lost four straight. And they have allowed 29, 31, 45, and 45 points. Don't be surprised they allow 40 points against here to the Rams. I think the Rams will beat them up. I think the question is, will Washington score? Because I guarantee you the Rams are good. I, I, I would be shocked if the Rams don't score 30. Where did, how many does Washington score? Niners uh, come off a stretch of good games. Last week they played Seattle, didn't play their best, won the game by 12 points. They've run off a bunch of games in a row here and run them all off by big margins. Okay, they've been significantly 
the best team in the league. Right now, they are at least, at least right now, a field goal better than anybody in the league. At this moment, that doesn't mean they're going to be that way in late, fe- in late January. But right now, right now, on this week 15, they are on a neutral field, at least a field goal or more, probably more, favorite over any other team in the league. That's where they stand right now. Last five games, Jacksonville 34-3, Tampa 27-14, Seattle 31-13, Philly 42-19, Seattle uh, 28-16. Now they go to Arizona, okay? They're thinking one seed. They're not thinking anything else. They're thinking Super Bowl. They're thinking one seed. That's how they're proceeding right now. That's how you expect them to proceed going forward. Um, That's where they are as a team. They are thinking big things and expecting big things. Now, the one thing this week, though, is next week, Monday night, Ravens at Niners is an enormous game. Maybe the game that decides the one seed in both conferences. It could go that far. The loser, the winner has a great chance to be the one seed in its conference. The loser has a very good chance to fall from being the one seed in its conference. That's how big it is. So you could maybe see the Niners looking ahead a little this week. You talk about the trap game. This is the classic trap game. On the road against the 3-10 and Cardinal team, you know the Niners are going to win. You know the Niners are going to win. But it might not be the blowout you think it'll be because, first of all, Arizona has surprised a couple of times. They shocked Dallas early in the season. They won at Pittsburgh. They've had some odd, shocking wins. Now they have Murray back. They've played some good football with him. If you can get 13 or 14, you got to get at least 13. If you don't get 13, you don't take the cause. But if you can get 14, I would think you take the cause in this game for sure. I think it nine is a win, but I think it might be closer than you think. Also, the backdoor covers in play with Murray there. Um, I, I think that uh, you have a very good chance that that game is tighter than you might expect. That it becomes a, a game that uh, just doesn't break open. You know, last week's Seattle game. Didn't break open for the Niners. They, you know, the Seattle hung around, made enough plays to hang around. You know, that basically they just hung around. You were waiting for them to blow them out, and they didn't. Okay, I mean, they won by 12 points, but they didn't blow them out. That's the bottom line. And I could see the same thing here, especially when you realize that Murray's there, Arizona's had its moments, and... They have such a big game next week. Ravens and Jags, Sunday night. Jags have lost two straight. 
They thought they were going to lose Lawrence for a long time. They didn't. He wanted to play. He plays. Another guy who just does not sit out games. That's all there is to it. This is a very big game, as you would expect, uh, as far as a lot of things playoff-wise. Okay? The Jags lost that horrible game to Cincinnati that they should have won. Then they lose to Cleveland 31-27. So they're looking at three straight, and here come the Jags. Here come the Ravens. So very big game. In a year where there's not a lot of top quarterback play, here are two guys who are playing at a good level. There's only a handful. You know, there's so many teams that just are not, you don't, you know, have lost their quarterback playing a backup, playing a third guy, playing a second guy, getting a guy off the street. I mean, so a lot of teams are in that position. This is a game that doesn't show that. The Eagles. The Eagles had that stretch of games. The last one of that stretch is this week. They have been pounded the last two weeks. Now they go across the country, hard trip, to play a Seahawk team that is very can be very tough in its building. They're banged up. Eagles are banged up. Eagles have been, you know, have been pounded. They've given up seven. If you go up to the Buffalo game, which they won 37-34, they've given up 34, 42, and 33 points. Now, last week they moved the ball against the Cowboys, but they turned it over, and turnovers have killed the Eagles. They have turned it over so many times. And last week, they turned it over deep in Cowboy territory while driving twice. The other time at midfield, three big drives thwarted by turnovers, by fumbles. Hurts has turned the ball over way too much. The wide receivers have turned the ball over too much. And the Eagle defense is hurting, especially in the secondary. If they don't get a big pass rush, they are in big trouble because their secondary can't cover right now. The Eagles look like they're out of gas. I don't know if they'll get that back this week. They're going to take a deep breath here and start to play better. I don't know if it'll be this week. I think if it's not, I think it'll definitely be next week at home against the Giants. Their last three games, they play the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles play the Giants at home, the Cardinals, and then at the Giants. They should and I believe will win those three games. They're going to need all of them. That division race is going to go down to the wire. One seed, two seeds is going to go down to the wire. I don't see a lot of teams, the way this thing is shaking out, I don't see a lot of the teams with the best records having the ability to rest people. I think these games will be important. There'll be something to play for right through the last week of the season. And you're going to have some really big games the last week of the season, like Buffalo-Miami the last week of the season. This next week, Ravens and Niners. Week after that, Dolphins and Ravens. Okay? Week after that, Dolphins and Bills. Go down the line. Big games about Lions and uh, Vikings. Packers and Vikings. A lot of big games to be played. Right to the wire. And the Eagles, like I said, this is a tough trip. This is the fifth game of this gauntlet they were going to run. Then the schedule lessens up, obviously. Eagles 
I believe we will see a resurgence from them, but I don't know when the deep breath comes and they start to turn it around. I don't know if it'll be this week against Seattle. I tend to think it will be next week at home. So right now you're sitting here with Baltimore at 10 and three, Miami at nine and four, Kansas City and Jacksonville at eight and five, Cleveland at eight and five, the Bills, Denver, Indy, Houston, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, all seven and six. It's going to take 10 wins to get a wild card in the AFC. In the NFC, you have San Francisco with 10 wins, Philly, Dallas with 10 wins, Detroit with nine. You have three teams in the South at six and seven, all tied. You have Minnesota at seven and six. You have five teams at six and seven. I think it takes 10 to win a wild card in the AFC. I think it takes nine to win a wild card in the NFC. Nine in the NFC, 10 in the AFC. And look how many teams in the AFC. Look how many teams are seven and six. It's crazy. You know, to have that many teams at this point of the season, that many teams with the same record and sitting there as they are right now. You know, Buffalo at seven and six, Denver at seven and six, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Houston, all seven and six. Cleveland, the only one sticking their head above that at eight and five. Same thing with six and seven in the NFC with Minnesota above that at seven and six. And some of these teams have started to think division like Buffalo, like Minnesota, thinking maybe that early front runner is coming back to the pack. As far as the MVP, I know people keep, you know, making a big deal about it. You know, they get very into this. I see two quarterbacks leading the way right now, Dak and Purdy. I see McCaffrey and Hill in it. Those would be the four. The two quarterbacks, Dak, one, Purdy, two. McCaffrey, where his key number is touchdown scored. And Hill, whose key number is reception yardage. He wants to get to 2,000. Any of the four are in it. If I had a guess, I'd say the most likely winner, considering the schedule, is Purdy over Dak. But Dak can change that these next two weeks. Big effort in Buffalo with a win or Miami with a win and a big effort in one of those, really big effort in one of those two games, and I think he becomes the favorite to win it. Your emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Remember, send your emails to Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. That's Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. Andy, doesn't the Tommy DeVito story remind you of insanity? Yes. I think it reminds everybody of insanity. I think uh I think Lynn was better. I mean, I thought he was playing at a higher level, but DeVito really captured it last week where he actually brought the team from behind and made the plays that had to be made. I think that lifted him. Before that, his numbers were were really 
a little puffed up. But the key is he's not turning the ball over, and the players seem to like him. And in the season where the Giants had nothing going for them, this has given them a little – they've had some fun and now some success by winning three in a row. Ben, are you impressed by how quickly things have turned around in Denver? Do you think they can be dangerous in the playoffs and should Peyton be getting any consideration for coach of the year? Uh, he should be getting consideration. I don't think he'll win coach of the year, but who cares? Um, he has turned it around very quickly. I think they've gotten the ball to bounce their way. That happens sometimes in a season. The ball just bounces your way five, four or five times at critical points in games, and that's how you win some of those games. But they're playing vastly improved football from where they were in weeks uh, one, two, three, four. He deserves, Sean deserves a lot of credit for that. Steve, watching the Chiefs this year, it seems like no one has fully stepped into the top receiver spot. Well, we've been through this every week. So this is obviously uh, been, we've gone over this territory a lot. Um, as I've said a million times, Rice is the guy. I understand they've had him running some wrong routes at times. That comes with rookies. He does not drop the ball. He's explosive. He's got an explosive first step. He has started to catch touchdown passes. I think he is, without question, the guy they have to elevate to wide receiver one status in every single way and make it about Pacheco running and Kelsey and Rice in the passing game. Phil, do you think the Dolphins are a serious contender? No, I don't. I don't. I think their defense lacks. I think they are a team that can be dangerous, especially if they get a playoff game at home and they get a hot day in Miami where, believe it or not, that adverse weather there will impact a team more than a cold day will in January. The team playing in hot, humid weather in Miami in late December or late January, let's say late, you know, mid-January, that team is not used to that heat at all. They've been in cold weather, especially if they're a cold weather team. And I think that is a huge advantage at home for a speedy team like the Dolphins to wear down opposing defenses, especially uh, in that weather. So I think they would have a very, very big advantage at home in the playoffs. Doug, what have you seen from uh, Love as far as a quarterback? Any good? Uh, yeah, I've seen some things. He's not there yet, but he has for the most part. Now, let's throw out the aberration because he did not throw the ball accurately, did not throw the ball well or make good decisions at the Meadowlands. He did not do that well in that stadium last week. Throw that aside, he has been terrific against the Blitz. And he has made a lot of big downfield throws. Um, I like, first of all, this is a very young team. It's a very, very young receiver room. First and second years all the way through. And I'm talking the tight ends and everybody else. That's a very young receiver room. And I think the quarterbacks showed you he can play. 
and he can handle things, and he's only going to get better. So do they think they have found another quarterback while teams struggle and struggle and struggle? The answer is yes. But you know what? They're smart about it. They know what they're doing. They know how to pick a quarterback, which is a lot of the battle. They know what they're doing in that regard, and that is, a, and they know how to develop them too. Let them sit and wait. And you have seen now, it's not a coincidence that they have top quarterback play followed by top quarterback play followed now by good young quarterback play. They know what they're doing. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.